As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three people get together across the pond style on Sifpa. I had to drag it out that time. Yeah, that was good. You like that? Yeah. That was nice. I like the across the pond oh, part. Thank you. Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Danae streaming live on Mixler every Friday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Today's guru joining us from across the pond, Mr. Sam Gavin. How's it going, Sam? All right, governor. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is exciting. That's also going on the list. I I have. (laughs) Danae's making a list of all the wonderful English phrases that Sam will use during the show today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And hopefully, you guys will start using. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Hopefully, we will. We'll slowly infect your minds. (laughs) (laughs) Take it over. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show. Sam and I did uh, an internet contest several years back uh, where we competed against each other. Uh, but the people in that contest kind of has struck up kind of some pop culture friendships. And I've always appreciated, Sam, your opinions on film and television. I follow you on Twitter. As, as yours, mate. Yeah, it's it's kind of a nice back and forth. And, uh, and, and what I love about having you, and we're going to get into this in detail later on the podcast, I love having somebody from a legitimately different cultural background in view to kind of chat about you know how things are different tell everyone where you yeah, are give us your story yeah tell us a little bit about yourself uh well uh what uh well, what's the story of my life uh, <laughs> you were I'll, I'll, as one direction would I'll, say i'll <laughs> try and con- i'll try life. and condense it um so uh my name's uh sam i'm uh 20 years old almost 21 in march um so i'll be able to come over to uh, america and finally get some drinks um <laughs> Drinking age in um, England is is eighteen, isn't it? Is eighteen. Yeah, so yeah, I've been having up. a good life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I've uh, I start. I'm currently studying film at university, and uh, I've been um, running a YouTube channel called Sam's Channel. Um, I, I was very lazy with the title. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, all right. Mine's just called and, Aaron Dicer. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's been going on for three, four years now. It's been going on for a while, and. I uh, review movies, and as uh, Aaron said, we uh, have bumped into each other through uh, various means. So uh, yeah, that's this is exciting. I'm uh, I'm really glad we're finally talking again. But where are you? Yeah, where where in England are are you uh, located? I'm gonna find you on a map. <laughs> uh, I'm currently located in a small little 
a town village place called Farnham, um, in which not much happens, but there's a university here. <laughs> is that in the, uh, like, uh, geographically, north, it's, south? It's to- towards, um, towards southwest of like England. Like, around it's Essex? It's just a little bit uh, east of Dippenhall. <laughs> um, a little southwest of Aldershot. <laughs> yes, Alder- people might Alder- have heard of Aldershot. Aldershot. They, uh, Farnham, I'm trying to think of a place that... Um, so uh, they shot the forest scenes from Avengers 2 in Farnham. That's something. Ooh. There you go, there you go. <laughs> there it is. That's all we wanted to know. There it is. So you're, but you're, how far away from? are you from London? Uh, I'll, I would say I'm about an hour. About it's an hour? It's not, okay. not too long. Um, so, I mean, London's sort of centre a little bit to the right. Um, right. And uh, I'm basically a bit to the left. So most of it is located in sort of central south area of England. I don't really venture north. <laughs> it's easy for us Americans to forget that the entirety of the UK is is like a state here. You know, so like we're in the state of Missouri. It's, you know, pro- the state of Missouri is probably just a tad smaller than, you know, UK proper. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, so when you think of going anywhere in England, it'd be like going anywhere kind of in the state of Missouri. So it's. That's nuts. Isn't sure. that crazy? Really? Yeah. 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 I just blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I just, I've always seen it as such a huge place, but then you're right. I'm zooming out and you're an island man (laughs) (laughs) what's funny is like i'm sure to um many americans because it's so small they probably think if you uh take a few steps to the right you find yourself in london but of course for me it's it's ginormous still so right actually even even the idea of going over i've been to america before but just the idea of going over there's huge stretches of land compared to Mm -hmm. uh compared to england well like uh, we yeah it's funny well for thanksgiving we went back to my parents house drove 14 hours to get there you know and you you see i wouldn't be able to do that no you can't drive 14 (laughs) hours in england you know so uh interesting stuff well we're glad to have you on sam uh really been looking forward to this and uh, excited to chat some movies and stuff so here's what we're doing this episode uh we will be doing some do we care danae's got a few articles for us right off the bat and then we'll be chatting about the movie deadpool together uh, Sam and I have seen it. Danae did not get a chance to see it, so she'll be. Guys, I just don't ask- feel well. Okay, she, she's been feeling under the weather. <laughs> I'm under the weather. Uh, and then we will uh, chat more, kind of England, American, especially in regards of pop culture and comparisons. And then we'll finish up with our buried treasure. But first, Danae, do we care? Got some articles you want to read to us? Yes, I do. Okay, Go just released their new music video. Do we care? Uh, I do. Okay, Go does great music yeah. videos. They have um, a video. You know the the big two. Uh, well, I guess they're um, planes. Okay. And then they they go up and they kind of drop down. And you get zero gravity. The thing they call oh, zero gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, like they do the the or the kind of the up and down loop so that you get the zero g feel. Yeah. So yeah. so um, that's where they recorded this video is in zero gravity. Okay. So it's the entire video, which if you've ever seen an OK video before, one of the most famous ones was the treadmill. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was kind of the kind first of breakout hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they've done several others. They were always very colorful. Uh, they had the one that was just that big, long. What are those machines called where like one thing trips the next thing, trips the next thing? Oh, um, yeah, it's slipping my It's a name. Come it's, on, chat. Come uh, on, chat. Um, <laughs> Come on, BDG. We know you know. Um, whatever those machines are called, they've got a specific name but they had another one that was you know it starts off and you know a ball rolls into another mm-hmm. you know dominoes that roll into something else and they're walking through the entire 
uh, this huge warehouse where there's umbrellas falling and cars driving, and then they get shot with paintballs at the end. Yeah, and that's everything a fun one. Ha- and it's all one take. Which is one yeah. of the other great things about OK Go is that they like to do these one long suspended takes. So Rube Goldberg devices is what they're called. Lauren in the chat. Mm. Coming through. Whoop, whoop. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Lo. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, they have a new video. So that's something that just kind of yeah, came their out. videos are always top. The last one was like they did with incredible drones and scooters and the one take thing is pretty incredible. They did the one where they drive in the car yeah. mm-hmm. and they had the like the the steel pull out the side and it played a song on the stuff that the car was driving by. So neat. <laughs> Insane. As yeah, as someone who's not really into current music, I appreciate that okay go actually try and do something creative right? with their music videos because mm-hmm. that's kind of that kind of gets swept under the rug it feels at least like more in in now than you know back when music videos were the big thing so it's all these are always fun seeing what okay go put out i'm interested to see how they top it next time because where, yeah. where can you go after that yeah mars i guess next yeah. do we care is uh disney parks are planning to use aerobatic drones do we care uh are, i saw this are they doing it for tinkerbell yeah. They're... So they're so they're having Tinkerbell be played by uh, an acrobatic drone yeah. that does like flips and spins and I guess I care. I love Disney stuff. It'll be interesting because they always used to do it with just like a laser. Yeah, I, I think I care. What about you? So so when we say acrobatic drones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. Um they've just filed a patent for a ten pound drone. As part of an elaborate aerobatic setup, they plan to use like 50 UAVs, which is unmanned aerial vehicle, to perform. Did you say aerobatic mm. or acrobatic? Uh, aerobatic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. To perform. Oh, okay. Did I say acrobatic? I, well, it's acrobatic in the title and aerobatic in the description. So That's who knows what's going on? Um, <laughs> is that, wait, now hold on. As a, as a lover of language, yes. is there a difference between <laughs> like doing spins and flips on the earth and doing them in the air? I'm like on the earth, so. is it acrobatic? And in the air, it's not acrobatic, it's aerobatic? That's what oh I'm saying. Oh my assuming. god! Whoa, mind blown. Do you need to open up your? Google? Well, I just need to know. So, like, when the next time I'm doing like a high dive, I know that I'm doing aerobatics, <laughs> not acrobatics. See, or maybe there's aquabatics. <laughs> it's probably aero to acro to. Well, we're aqua? getting aqua. Uh-huh. Yeah, could be. Who knows? So they're going to be performing uh, LED aerobatics that are beamed, uh, and and they're being projected images onto these gigantic s- screens. And they're going to have like legs and arms like a huge Disney character puppet. And I can't really envision this, but it sounds a little terrifying. <laughs> um, what we really <sighs> need to know is if they are sentient. Are these drones sentient? And if so, are they going to take over the world? I I don't know. But <laughs> I did see, was it in, <laughs> Intel did a, um, a, recently they did like a drone thing where they had this whole... Uh, display where all uh-huh. these drones are flying around in these very intricate pattern and they'd swoop in a new pattern and it was creating these really cool images in the sky and they had you know a live orchestra playing and it was just this really cool oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. it looked okay. like choreographed fireworks almost this is what I'm assuming that Disney is now looking yeah. to do okay. is a sort of like taking up a, uh, a section of the sky and then the drones are going to be programmed to sort of fly in these cool shapes and orders I, I don't know. I would love... It's just a new part of our culture, right? Drones right. are just a part of what's here. <laughs> Sam, do you fear the apocalypse? 
Uh, I, actually, it was funny you mentioned that because yesterday, I can't remember what I was... I think it was something to do with... Uh, yeah, my, my flatmate was telling me about a car that drives itself now and yeah. apparently um, it was on Top Gear or something. And I said... Yeah, we really are getting we are, we really are getting close to Terminator. And he goes, "Oh, you sound like such an old man." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I feel like an old person too. I'm like, ah, oh, these darn drones in the sky, you know. <laughs> I've seen so many videos of people like drones just like drop into people's lives, and there's just there's no privacy anymore. I saw a video yesterday. <laughs> you are sounding old. Yes, Where's my privacy. <laughs> you know those massive wind turbines. Yeah, of course. Like, like yeah. super tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, many stories high. Mm-hmm. There's this drone that's taking a video. It's like kind of going up the whole mm-hmm. entire part of it. And then it gets to the very top. And at the top is a man sunbathing. Now, he is clothed. <laughs> thank the Lord. He is clothed. <laughs> but here he is thinking he is all by himself. He's right. probably having like, this is at his one moment in his whole life to just get away from everybody. And a drone appears out of nowhere <laughs> and starts. And Can't get a break. Yeah. He's video recording him. The guy like must have heard it. And like he looks over and he kind of like sits up and sort of awkwardly waves. <laughs> and then the drone zooms in on the comes up close to him. And the guy's just like puts his shrugs his shoulders like what is going on like <laughs> what are you doing why is there a drone looking at me? i am on the top of a wind turbine i'm trying to find my own business you know what i mean like this is wow. the stuff that kind of freaks me out i do have to say if the apocalypse <laughs> does come mm-hmm. uh and the our robot overlords gain sentience and take over i hope it's from disney character drones i think that would be the disney apocalypse would be the best thing ever (laughs) to be fair tinkerbell taking over the world doesn't exactly sound like the worst thing imaginable (laughs) fair point i don't know it would be pretty upsetting to me last thing on my list of do we care is titanic 2 is set to sail in 2016 (laughs) i heard about this (laughs) you mean the ship not the the movie yes this is they have rebuilt the titanic and it's setting sail and do we care uh I don't know that I care, although it is interesting. <laughs> like, I actually kind of get it. There's something really romantic about the idea of this ship, even though it was such a huge tragedy. You know, it's it's been such, you know, obviously a long time since that tragedy that, you know, you're kind of able to, to view it through kind of the lens of history. But, I care because I just want to know if it's a replica, are there enough lifeboats? There are. That's actually in the article. Is it? Okay. Yes. It's designed with modern safety standards okay. and enough lifeboats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I kind of get it too. Um, one can't help but laugh when they describe it as um, it'll be safe, but it will be exactly the same experience. <laughs> Keyword <yeah>. there, exactly. <laughs> We're going to try to get as close to the icebergs as possible so we can make it yeah. as authentic as possible. We'll scare uh, you guys. No worries. Nobody worry. We're all fine. <laughs> this ship can't sink. Oh, we'll my be goodness. Good. I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't ever get a ticket to any cruise well, or any ship. That's period, what I'm wondering. But... How many people are going to go buy and take? How many people are going to go buy a ticket? Oh, I, I think it'll. I think it'll I think pack it, yeah. out. I think. I think a lot of people will enjoy that experience. Um, oh, and I apologize. It's set to set sail in 2018. There was a delay. So yeah, originally it was two, supposed to be this year. This year, yeah. There's been a delay. It hasn't been abandoned, but it's been delayed. That's always good news <laughs> when your ship's named the Titanic and you're running into production <laughs> problems, problems already. <laughs> that's, uh, oh. I think that's a good thing. All right, uh, good stuff. Let's head into the movie. Here's a little clip from Deadpool, I think. Yes. I love you, Wade Wilson. We can fight this. You're right. The cancer's only my liver, lungs, prostate, and brain. 
all things I can live without. What if I told you we can make you better? You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. You just promise you'll do right by me, so I can do right by someone else. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. One thing that never survives this place is a sense of humor. Uh, we'll see about that, Pop Spice. Oh, come on. You gonna leave me all alone here with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? Wait! You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. There you go. That's Deadpool. Probably the only minute Deadpool. in the movie that we that we could play for you. Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Deadpool stars Ryan Reynolds as the Marvel character Deadpool, who has always been the foul-mouthed, you know, wise-cracking uh, compatriot to the X-Men universe. And in uh, the movie follows right along, not only with that part of the idea, but also that he is very self-referential, breaks the fourth wall. The comics did the same thing. Um, so that it's very, it feels very uh, clever and sharp and, and then very, very foul as well uh, as the comic is. So wanted to talk a little bit about it. We'll start off like we always do with the question, Sam. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you dislike it? Did you hate it? Or was it just okay? I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I'm for right. Very, for, for very particular reasons. Yeah, I'm right there with you, actually. Um, I've seen a lot of great press on it and a lot of people loving it, and I get why people are loving it, but I had some things about the movie that, that kept me from, you know, absolutely loving what they did here. Uh, I th- yeah. I think they, they made the movie that they set out to make, and that's, you know, I always find that interesting and admirable, you know, like that they accomplished the goal that they were trying to do, which in this case is... Sure. Is, is a really interesting goal to be able to do that um, because it's such a different character from any other Marvel character that's been on the screen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would have said, you know, uh, the movie is very funny at times. Um, Ryan Reynolds is the perfect Deadpool. I mean, there was no doubt about it even, you know, when he was playing it last time. Um, and I'm in a I'm in a similar situation where I'm happy that fans finally have a, have the movie that they've been, you know, begging for for years. Um, you know, it's all it's all good stuff. I personally found it to be somewhat, um, somewhat in a in a certain case where it felt like it was ticking boxes so that it could be good enough for the mm. fans. I kind of feel like there are missed opportunities. Um, and I feel like maybe the movie is a draft away from really finding its stride. Because I will be honest, I mean, when when Deadpool is breaking the fourth wall, when the movie Deadpool is breaking the fourth wall, like the opening 20 minutes is a riot. You know, it's really funny. It's really enjoyable. And, you know, I'm not a major Deadpool fan. I enjoy the character in the context of other characters, a bit like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I couldn't stop smiling. I was just having a great time. Um, but it feels as if... Um, the movie doesn't quite realize where it where it could go. There's a big, I don't know. It, it kind of feels like we're, we're we're being denied something greater here. And we can go into uh, specifics when we talk uh, on our spoiler cast later. But for now, we'll we'll try to keep the spoilers out of it, so we won't necessarily go into specifics. But I hear exactly sure. hear exactly what you're saying there. By the way, Wolverine making uh, several cameos uh, in this movie in different <laughs> forms uh, and uh, enjoyable as well. 
Danae, what do you think? What, do you have any questions? You didn't get a chance to see it. I was a little bummed, too, because I've really enjoyed watching like the forums, you know, Reddit and Imager and all this stuff, yeah. as, as these super fans have just been really getting behind this character because he is so different than the normal superhero characters, mm-hmm. although very R-rated, if not more than R-rated. <laughs> um, if there was NC-17 is above R. Like, what? where does... Uh, XX, that's not the right thing. Yeah, they did away with X. <laughs> they did away with it all. Yeah. It's just not okay for children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Over, Def- over, here in, over here in the UK, it's rated a 15. Yeah. They uh, they put the X in X-Men with this one, I think is... So yeah, I was excited. I was excited to see it. Um, And I I guess one of the things I'm wondering is how was the action? Like, did they do good fight sequences? Was that good that's, or was it kind of subpar? That's one of... That's one of my um, genuine hang-ups because, you know, I, I knew the movie would be enjoyable. You know, I don't expect anything particularly, you know, um, transcendent necessarily from a Deadpool movie. I knew it was going to be funny and it was going to be enjoyable. As entertaining as it is, I was a bit let down by the action. I kind of thought it felt a bit anti-gravity um, a lot of the time. Yep. Uh, there are particularly there are particular great sequences, one towards the beginning, which I won't spoil for anyone, Um but, you know, it, it has a central gimmick which runs the entire sequence, and it's really funny. Um, but I, I particularly noticed that Deadpool does the same flip about three times in this movie, and I'm not too sure why that same flip is done three times. Um, and the action is it's basically split up between one towards the start and one at the very end. It's okay, but, you know, it's, it's no Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it suffers from some very uh, specific superhero related problems. And one of them is, you know, the action and, uh, you know, having to use CG at certain parts and feeling a little bit of that shift. And like you said, it, it doesn't it doesn't ground itself in in a very real sense of physics. And I know that with superheroes, obviously, physics are different but they're but you can kind of find that line and that balance and i think it does yeah it does miss that balance just a little bit it's interesting too yeah. though because i got a text from i actually texted aaron last night i was like oh i wish i could have gone to the movie and and you said aaron that there it was for an opening night there was a lot of people there for thursday night opening uh i haven't been to one that packed since the summer since the big summer movies uh and it was packed with Mostly college students. I was I was very pleased. I only saw a couple kids that I thought were maybe you know under ten years old. Which I was wondering if you know parents wouldn't realize you know what kind of movie it was. But you know I only saw a couple. Which by the way is normal for a rated R movie anymore. I usually see one or two kids in uh, in the movies that I go to. But um but yeah it was it was packed. A lot of people there in the crowd loved it they ate it i mean it was thunderous applause when the credits rolled i feel like one of the things that makes this movie so popular or at least the even the idea of it is that we have a superhero movie that is not made for kids and that's like one of the things that really is driving mm-hmm. people to go see this movie is because mm. they don't want to go see any more you know pg superhero movie they want to see the nitty-gritty stuff it's so interesting well, because I don't feel like I just don't feel like the Marvel movies have been made for kids. I feel like well, they, that, yeah, I feel like they're yeah, that, they're older than that. But I get that sense, like yeah. for adults only kind of thing, you know. Well, on that point that you bring up, at the same time, I do kind of feel like it's being made for the younger kids that are going to creep into the film. Oh, interesting. In some in some places, I think there are. Um, so I think. 
I think at times the movie plays things a little bit safe. Surprisingly, you know, we've got we've got the R rating and and we've got Deadpool and we've got you know all the we've got the the sex references and all that kind of stuff. But they feel, for me, at times just crude enough that I wonder if they are expecting you know a twelve year old boys to to get together and sneak into the cinema because it really did feel like that at times. For kind me, of that anyway. junior high sense of humor, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I remember watching any time I have come across Alien Resurrection, um, and virtually every single character has an f bomb in it, which, uh, and I always just uh, as a kid that might have sounded sounded awesome to me back then, but you know, as a grown up, it it sounds a bit childish and. And a bit like a bit like pandering. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's interesting because I know that the um, so at least from what I've been you know reading c- coming up to this movie is that the um, Fox was it, it's Fox right that really yeah they it. own the rights to the X Men universe <clears throat> that they were completely supportive of the of the R rating and, and not only that but that Ryan the Deadpool the mm-hmm. actor it really is his. <laughs> Like him as a person, Ryan himself, since he played Deadpool in the Wolverine movie, has just been like, I can't let this go. This this character has to exist on screen, mm-hmm. true to yeah. his character. And if not for Ryan himself really pushing and like continuing to carry the flame of Deadpool, if you will, mm-hmm. that this movie wouldn't have ever really existed. And that's another reason I want to see it is because I'm I kind of feel like he feels like a he, he is a huge Deadpool fan, and he felt like yeah. it, Deadpool himself was done such a disservice that they had to redo this move. They had to make it happen. And well, his, his go I ahead. was going to say his charisma really does translate on screen. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes the movie really enjoyable. You know, that everyone that's making this movie is having fun. Um, you know, it's not cynical. I don't think, um, overall, I don't think it's cynical. Um, it's very enjoyable and, you know, it's, you you really can tell that Reynolds has been it does genuinely believe in this character and that's one of the things I think the movie does really well. There's an infectious, um, enjoyable spirit that you can't quite escape. That's good. That's that. That's what Deadpool tries. To, I was going to say has this character like this charisma. I was going to say we we've really spent a lot of time early on kind of focusing on where the movie kind of missed its mark a little bit, but truly it is one of the most entertaining movies I've ever seen. Like. Ryan, I've always loved Ryan Reynolds since I saw him in the the sitcom Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place way back in the day. Uh, he's just his sense of humor and his sense of wit are so dead on. He was made to play Deadpool. Like it's it's like as if he is a real life Wade Wilson in at least the persona that he plays on screen. Uh, his charisma, his charm is perfect for that character. He somehow does what is the seeming impossible, which makes a character that is really kind of deplorable in some of the things that he decides to do, uh, likable and interesting in a in a real way. And you identify with him. Like, you get, you know, why he is that way and, and you know, what he's gone through. Uh, I, thought, I thought the movie overall, as a filmmaking experience, they really did a great job at putting on screen exactly what they were trying to put on screen. That's exciting. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think the movie has an awareness of what it's trying to do and it gets there, um, which is from there, which is which from there stems from um, my slight disappointment of what it could have been in the sense that, you know, you know, Deadpool isn't as insane or I dare I say it morally reprehensible enough um, as he as he is in in other material but the movie i don't think is trying to do that so i can't exactly 
I'm not sure if that's a criticism as much as it, as it is an observation. Uh, another uh, observation I had, I, I was not expecting this to be as much of an X-Men movie as it was. I, I didn't realize there were going to be other X-Men in it, that there mm. were going to be those larger references to the... I mean, I knew that was the universe we were in. Uh, honestly, yeah. this this to me felt more like an X-Men movie than even the Wolverine movie did. Mm. <laughs> like this movie. You know, like the Wolverine movie was just a, you know, it was just all about Wolverine. You know, this movie actually, you know, there are some scenes that take place at, you know, Xavier's University. And just, you know, it's I just yeah. I, I wasn't ready. For, I didn't realize that, that we were going to go there. And I think that adds something to the film that, that brings it into kind of that bigger expanse. Well, that's interesting because I, I knew Colossus was going to be in it. And actually, on your point about the Wolverine, I actually enjoyed the Wolverine more than uh, than this film. But um, what's interesting about Colossus is I saw the trailers and I knew that he'd be in the movie. But of course, he's not played by Daniel Cudmore, who played Colossus in um, Days of Future Past and X2 and 3. Right. Um, so at times it feels like... Um, I can't figure out if this is just a recasting because he not only does he not only is it a different obviously it's a CGI character but you know he's being <clears throat> personified by a different actor um, but he's also Russian it's a completely different character from what we've seen before so I'm not sure if this is if this is like a a reboot that a, a rebooted idea that we're just kind of not really acknowledging or if this is um, I, I, I can't tell if this is yeah. meant to be a, a byproduct of the new timeline that Days of Future Past established. I'm, I'm completely baffled as to what's going on there. It kind of gets messy, doesn't it? With all these Marvel movies coming out, existing I, I, in the same universe, and TV I, shows I, for I ha- that matter. Yeah, I have a theory that Fox... I have a theory that Fox just aren't really meeting with each other on these projects in terms of, you know, they're not exactly sitting down and saying, okay, well, the character's going to wind up here, so there, so there we, we're making it easy for you. Like... Days of Future Past had tons of inconsistencies. What saved that movie was that it was a good movie, mm-hmm. right. um, and that can excuse anything because as a, as its own self contained piece, it works. And I think that's true of Deadpool as well. You know, Colossus works as the moral center that Deadpool can't stand to hear, um, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. They actually do some really clever interactions with them, which is some of the film's wittiest and subtle um, moments. Um, but you know, like I remember when. Days of Future Past completely erased everything that happened in within yeah. the Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, and I and I really enjoyed the Wolverine, and I thought it was going to go into really interesting places. I could not wait to see, you know, a uh, Wolverine. Uh, Yukio was her name. I think her name's Yukio. Um, but I couldn't wait to see a movie with them as partners. Um, and mm-hmm. then suddenly that didn't matter. That doesn't anymore. exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and I can't help but wonder if they're just basically not talking to each other. Yeah, it could be. Um, you mentioned the wit, and we haven't gone into depth on that. The, some of the jokes in this are supremely clever, like yes. so smart. And that always gives, I love that. I love when, because you might think being as vulgar as it is, that they rely on that, you know, vulgarity to be the humor. Um, and they don't. It For me, it wasn't so funny because of the vulgarity. It was funny because it was so witty and smart and clever with the way that it did the fourth wall stuff um, and those kind of things. Now, having said that, there were a couple fourth wall moments that were a step too far for me, you know, in some of those references to actual actors and producers and that kind of stuff. Sure. Did you think the same thing, Sam? I, uh, I, thinking about it, yeah, I do understand where you're coming from. I, I thought, you know, having previously said that, you know, I feel at times like the movie's made for 13-year-old boys, um, 
which is a, an, an unflattering way of, of putting it. I'm just trying to wrap it up quickly um, with that, with what I said earlier. But it, sometimes the movie feels like that. And sometimes, and it's usually when they're breaking the fourth wall, the movie is completely hits its stride. Mm-hmm. Um like, uh, I cited the first 20 minutes, but just in general, when the movie acknowledges its own existence, yep. turns to the camera, or just is completely carefree and honest, it's it, the movie is genuinely hilarious. And that's where I, and I, gen, and I think that that's something that should have been exploited a bit more because we don't see fourth wall breaking in other superhero movies. Um, I think that's as a great an point. Over, yeah, well, I mean, as I mean, we've got the blood and stuff. You know, we've kind of seen in Kickass um, and and stuff like that. But with this film, it feels like ah, it's difficult to explain because I'm I'm, I'm my mind's gone blank. <laughs> <laughs> I totally I totally agree. Uh, there's it's really a fine line, isn't it? To to find that balance of breaking the fourth wall and not and yeah. not going too far and there were just a couple specific moments where they did but for the most part I think you're right I think think they hit it out of the park all right let's finish up our thoughts on Deadpool uh, we'll give uh, each person the chance to say one more thing Woo-hoo! and Danae you haven't spoken in a Woo-hoo! while I know what I want to talk about what's your one more thing on Deadpool I love that and it was mentioned in the in the chat too uh, that Ryan stole the Deadpool costume. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't buy it. He didn't ask for permission. He just took it, and he said, "Try to take it from me. Try to get it from me." <laughs> he really embodied this character. Mm-hmm. He really loved playing it. He kind of understood it. Um, and I, the first time I saw it was actually on a photo, uh, I think from Reddit. And on the left side was a picture of Ben Affleck, and it, there was a quote that was read about, you know, I asked how much it would cost to have my own Batman costume. And it, they said, you know, it'd be about over $200,000. And so I said, no, that's okay. And then the right hand side of the picture is Ryan Reynolds. And he said, I took it. <laughs> and, and the whole title of the, the whole thing was, you know, this is what makes him so great. So that was my like one more thing is. That's cool. I really, again, enjoy that Ryan himself had such a great time. What about you, Sam? You got one more thing about Deadpool? Uh, yes. Uh, so I've, I think I've remembered what I was going to say. Um, it's essentially on my point about, um, you know, I think in terms of when you make a movie that is going into a field that is quite numerous, in, in this case, the superhero genre, I really think it's important to recognize what unique asset you have. And like I said, I think the blood and, and gore and stuff, I think that was mainly done in, in Kick-Ass. And, and at that time, it was surprising. So I'm not sure it would have the same impact today. Um, I will say that the fourth wall breaking was so funny and I just wish there was more of it to the point where I think, you know, conventional superhero things um, could actually have been subverted. The movie has complete license when it's being able to turn around to you and say, ah, you know, forget about that, Um, that they really they could have done anything they wanted. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, it's pretty obvious because it's on the poster, but the Stanley cameo could have been turned into something you know, completely oh, that's a great different. point. That is a great um, point. I love like. That. I half expect. I half expected him to walk over to Deadpool and say hi, how you doing? But as it stands, it's just restricted to a standard uh, cameo. Still funny, um, but in terms of what the movie could do and where it could go, and overall, that I mean, the plot just goes on to a basic revenge thing, and I just. I think they missed a couple tricks there. But overall, I found it very funny, very enjoyable, and I'm really excited to see where this character goes in the future. Um, my one more thing is the one more thing of the movie, which is do not leave 
until the credits are all the way done. Uh, I haven't said that about a movie in a while, um, but the post credit scene on this is as hilarious as a lot of the stuff in the movie. Uh, so I want yeah, to make sure. I can't sure- believe Toby <clears throat> Maguire showed up. Oh, oh, Sam, no oh, spoilers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did like that. Yeah. Overall, I, it was very funny. Again, fair warning. It's extremely vulgar. Uh, and, but I think they hit exact, it's also a movie that hit exactly when it needed to in our like Reddit culture. You mentioned Reddit. This is a movie that was bred to be promoted in our current social media. You know, it just, it was made for this time Yeah, in many ways. So that's it overall. Cool. Well, today tell us a little bit about Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com. Do you want some music? Oh yeah. Let's do that. All right. Oh wait. (laughs) Here, let me give you some music. How about, how about this one? You like that one? Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon is how this show is made possible. Aaron and I uh, and the Shoot the Dough Podcast Network uh, work diligently to create entertaining, you know, shows. <laughs> I was going to say things, but that was too nebulous. What are shows called in England? Yeah. Uh, I would say shows, I guess. Series? Series. Oh, there series. we go. Series. Yes. Series. Series. <laughs> Uh, Patreon is kind of like Kickstarter. Kickstarter, you know, where you uh, gather an amount of money, crowdsourced, crowdfunded. Um, But on Patreon, it's a monthly support. And that is what sustains our studio and keeps us going and allows us to create the shows that come out of the studio, including this one, Sif Pop. We also have one on Tuesdays, which is Shoe the Dough podcast. That's more personality driven with Mm -hmm. Aaron and I. And then on Wednesdays, we do a a music review called New Music Digest. That's made possible by people giving a buck a month, three bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever you can do. So if you would consider giving a monthly amount to help us keep going, uh, any amount is really appreciated. It goes straight over to our studio and helps us do the things that it takes to make this stuff work. So thank you. Thank yeah, you for your support. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. You can also find quick links at our website. I always forget that you do that now. <laughs> we don't have a way to end the music. So Aaron has decided that he just ends it on the buzzer. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Might as well. Uh, yeah, we've got quick links at our website, AaronAndDanae.com. On to topic number two, since we've got uh, Sam from over in the UK with us, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the difference that we might see in pop culture in England and America. Now, I'm going to give you kind of the lowdown of what my pop culture life has been like the last few days. I have been catching up on uh, Celebrity Big Brother straight from the UK. Uh, And uh, I was wondering if that would be the response. See, here's the thing you never know, right? Like a show can make it look like it's, you know, so super popular, that kind of thing. So my first question is, with shows, you know, like that, what is the general cultural... Because here, there's a lot of, you know, reality television and, you know, kind of it's derided and looked down upon. Your groan reminds me of if someone asked us, so is it really like the Kardashians over there? Like, Right, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. (laughs) It's not. So what is the the cultural awareness of, like, those reality TV show series? Um, Well, I wouldn't say they impact culture as much as maybe they think they do. Um, To be honest, like, in terms of... um, television i haven't really I, I think the last time i tuned in for a proper series that wasn't on netflix um was uh well it must have been about four months ago like i don't watch i don't watch too much tv um that isn't that, that you know is actually being aired to me um but in terms of things like big brother um 
I I feel bad saying this because you're watching it, but it is generally <laughs> for the people that I am, am friends with and and that sort of crowd. I do it is generally frowned upon, but I do remember it was far more popular around ten years ago when it was still fairly new and it was it was still the 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 country was still kind of unanimously laughing at itself for how silly this was, and I think most people are just a bit sick and tired of it now. So it's gone from silly to tiring. Okay, but here's yeah. a more important question. How do you feel about Emma Watson? Emma Watson. Is she amazing it, there too? Because we love her. <laughs> every single every single man I've ever met is uh, attracted to this woman. And I've always found this weird because me growing up with the Harry Potter films, she's always been like a sister to me. So I've never been able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> we love her. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's... The whole, uh, who else? Do you, the uh, whole of America loves Daniel Emma Watson and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. It, Benedict Cumberbatch, you guys like him, don't you? Yes. Just saw him yeah. in Zoolander 2 last night. As, uh, oh, yes, yes. I still haven't seen that. He has a cameo good... in Zoolander 2. So, um, I, yeah. Let's talk about the actor-actress thing. Here's what I've noticed. And tell me if, your thoughts on this, Sam. I've noticed in American television movies that there are a lot of English actors and actresses playing American roles. So, you know, I Hugh. think uh, yeah, Hugh Laurie was one of the first that, you know, you kind of think of mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in the television scheme of things playing, yeah, Do- you know, Dr. House as an American. But even just down the line. I didn't um, know he wasn't. And there's, but haven't you had that experience multiple times where you'll hear somebody talk outside of I their know, role and, I'm and like, you'll go, what are you doing? Why do you have an accent? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I, I know what you're on about. <laughs> and I, the reverse is just doesn't seem to be true. Can you think of a single instance of an American actor playing a British role? You know, I'm, I have, I, I don't think I've ever heard, or at least I can't remember off the top of my head, an American actor or actress that has managed to convince me with a British accent. What's more, what's weirder is that British actors um, that come from England and then, you know, funny how a British actor could come from England, um, <laughs> that then, you know, start in American uh pieces their accents i'm not sure if it's because it's surrounded by american accents or if it is genuinely because of my suspicion but they they instantly sound like they're they're putting on a bit of a royalty uh sounding they're they're talking an extra little bit like this (laughs) and uh and i'm always removed from it because then i instantly because that to me sounds like an american trying to do yeah okay fascinating let's ask you to do this can you do an over-the-top too British accent for us. Like, can you just ham up, ham it up for us? I can try. <laughs> <laughs> I can attempt a British accent. <laughs> so it's just more punctual. Yeah, it sounds like the enunciation changes. Yeah. Like the yeah, like it's, the... it's basically making sure that you enun- that you enunciate everything and you get your T's right. <laughs> because if uh, because well, the the uh, urban urban in terms of the urban life in England, you don't you don't generally pronounce your T's. You, you, you say mate. But I like, thought that uh, tea is important. <laughs> tea is a... Uh, I did it. Nicely done. I, I did a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always, uh, in watching, because I watched a, a little bit uh, of an episode of The Big Brother, because mm-hmm. Aaron, you were playing it, and I love the variety of accents. That was the other thing, yeah. There's, there's such a variety. I know there is here in the U.S. as well, because we have people from the South, you've got, you know, Northeast, like you've got all these different kinds of you know, in dialects or whatever, but it's yeah. really fascinating to me. Yeah, to see. Plus, you've got the, you know, the, <clears throat> you've got the, you know, UK and the group of islands there. 
And so you've got Scotland and Ireland and, you know, you've got yep. these very drastic, you know, affectations yeah, of I mean, the accent. Got, yeah, you've got the you've got the northerners, you've got people from there's a there's a, a particular accent that comes from a place called Liverpool. Um That's anyone the that saw Creed anyone that saw Creed will have heard it. Um his nemesis was from Liverpool. Oh right, um, right, right. Uh, there's a, a, a Manchester accent. Um, it, it's bizarre. Like they, they're all technically British, but they're but then you get to England and it turns out they're like a sub, a sub accent. <laughs> so answer this question for me. Very specific question, but, in, but in, I've got you right here, right now, and yeah. you can answer for me. Several times I heard some of the girls on the show say they're a they're a proper Essex girl. What 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 does that even mean? What is it? What do they mean by? I'm, I mean, I know it's a place. But what do they mean by they're an Essex girl? It's a particular lifestyle that I'm trying to think of how best to describe this. It's essentially, I mean, Essex is, uh, I don't want to do the accent. I'm really worried I'm going to offend some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I've, I, I've known a few people that have come from Essex and it's generally, uh, I'm not too sure how I describe the life, the lifestyle. It's generally young, you know, generation Y um, uh, people like myself um, that sort of have crazy hairstyles and uh, they've they've got the earring. Um, they're like rebels. E- uh, they're, Is it similar to like, like Jersey Shore? Like yes, here in America? yeah. That's basi- it's basically the British version of Geordie Shore okay. or Jersey Shore. That's right. You have your own Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore, because yes. one of the guys on yeah. on Celebrity Big Brother was previously in Geordie Shore. Yeah, there's a there's a, a sort of there's a genre of those kind of reality shows over here. I mean, you guys have got it over here. It's things like um, made. It's called Made in Chelsea. The only way is Essex. Um, that kind of thing. So wow. Yeah. The stereotypical. I do not watch any of those. <laughs> the stereotypical image formed as a variation of the dumb blonde bimbo persona with references to the. Is it? You Siri English accent? Well, I'm glad I didn't have to say that myself. White, <laughs> white stiletto heels, silicone augmented breasts, peroxide blonde hair, <laughs> overindulgent use of fake tan, promiscuity, loud verbal vulgarity, socializing, and downmarket nightclubs. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. That's, that is that is exactly, yeah. I didn't want to say any of that. <laughs> Leave it you to me. You get why. Leave it to Thank me. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> How how do you feel about the uh, imports that America uses from television? For instance, how do you feel about the popularity of Doctor Who in the States now, where it's been Uh, such a staple in the UK for so long? I find it bizarre. I mean, um, like I remember when Doctor Who was... There was a point when it didn't even compute to me that America even liked Harry Potter. I remember the trailers coming up for, um, you know, uh, uh, The Deathly Hallows Part 1, and it says... Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's taken the world by storm. And I was thinking, of course, at that time, it did not occur to me that, of course, movies get shown all over the world. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, genu- I didn't genuinely think Harry Potter was particularly popular outside of the UK. But it turned out, you know, Americans loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. And in similar fashion to Doctor Who, I get why Harry Potter is popular, because I genuinely think Harry Potter is good. I'm not a fan, but I do understand the... I think it's got genuine merit to it. Doctor Who, um, I can't help but wonder if it's just a a quirky style, a style over substance type of thing, because as someone who used to be a very big Doctor Who fan, I've since removed myself from the franchise because I kept being let down too many times by the writing. Oh, interesting. Um, And I'm not... And, you know, for a show that has gone on for 50 years, which is definitely an achievement... 
Um, I'm not sure I've been, I can really say that the show has been consistently good, if not for one season um, in 2005. So I'm a bit baffled as to how it's... I think it's mainly a... Oh look at all the look at this this um blue box and look at this suit and and look at this quirky you know rubbish bin looking uh aliens and daleks and i it very it very much feels like a reference type of thing at mm-hmm. this point and or like doubt Abbey. yeah what? yeah maybe um but for for doctor who in particular it really does feel like a a kind of uh, a style over substance thing for me. So for me I fell in love with Doctor Who uh I fell in love with David Tennant actually. Uh I think he's fun and phenomenal and then i fell Mm. in love with uh stephen moffat uh because i love that puzzle solving type of storytelling you know where things come together and try to reveal something bigger and and so and and like you said some of that stuff actually didn't work in the end but some of it did for me and some of the standalone episodes really really work for me oh yeah in in small doses like if you you can find there's usually one brilliant episode in a season to almost make the whole season worth it um i mean stephen moffat uh, again this is a a a writer that i've kind of removed myself from um but you know he did some phenomenal he did some of the the most phenomenal standout episodes of the newer doctor who era when it came back Mm -hmm. um you know he he wrote um the have you have you watched any any of the christopher eccleston era yes yeah i've watched i've watched all of the new series of who yeah, so he did. He did. You know the the gas mask children, yep. which was haunting. I hated that as a kid, and uh, it stuck with me. And that's you can tell that that's good when when that sort of imagery sticks with you. You know, he did brilliant time travel episodes, and he did. He, he was just a really good, creepy writer. That when I heard he was going to be the showrunner, it sounded like the perfect match. Um, in terms of an overall series, I kind of think he maybe gets a bit caught up in his own ego, and things get a bit too drawn out and he starts forgetting about things he leaves up for grabs and Mm. i just think it gets a bit convoluted now but i mean you know i in terms of why in terms of america adopting it i still find it quite surprising uh danae mentioned america has adopted downton abbey as well has been you know somewhat a bit over here yeah that's kind of come about for a couple couple years now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there's quite a few popular ones some of the ones that were up in the chat was call the midwife and the paradise oh Oh, yeah and uh, cool and the other life, one, yeah. the other one I have to mention is Sherlock, yeah. which is just yeah, sure. is one of the greatest shows, in my opinion, one of the greatest shows ever run. And so different. It, I mean, is it normal for shows over there to be three episodes an hour and a half each? I mean, is that something that just no. happens, no, or no, is that, that different? That's, de- that's definitely something that uh, is unique to Sherlock. And I think uh, Sherlock's first two seasons are absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I I love them. So uh, so yeah, is there any American TV show? that that you've seen have success Break, everyone everyone loves breaking bad okay that's interesting everyone loves breaking bad over here um i do too bunch of um, drug users <laughs> <laughs> well it's essex uh, it's- yeah. <laughs> no no <here. laughs> um what else i mean i me personally i i've been um i kind of i i will occasionally uh, if it piques my interest, find something on Netflix, but I'm not sure if that inherently is a, is American. Yeah, as much as it is produced there, it's being distributed everywhere yeah. at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones is very big over here, um, which has a huge following. My two flatmates watch it. I have not um, even gone near it because I know it's, I, I have a, the second I watch one episode, I know I'm going to get caught and I just don't have the time. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's kind of our modern culture, right? There's so much stuff that if you decide, okay, 
I'm going to do it. You know, you're you're going to end up investing, you know, oh, yeah. days of your life, you know, catching up. And yeah. It, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting time in pop culture in that way. Yeah. And I'm also, I mean, in terms of TV shows, I'm very skeptical because there are so many shows that I have watched um, during their run where I've been very conscious of whether or not it's getting better or worse. And usually it, it gets worse. Um, I was following How I Met Your Mother the whole way through and granted that's a sitcom so it's not exactly like a you know huge expanse huge Mm -hmm. expansive dramatic storyline but you know the characters it it felt like they dragged that show out further than it need to and the writing reflect that so i'm kind of i i thought it takes a lot for me to actually go into a tv show and go right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you i'm gonna trust you it takes a lot for me to do that yeah i get that uh one more question about tv and then we'll move on to movies just for a little bit uh I noticed, obviously, in Celebrity Big Brother and also the regular Big Brother that I've watched from the UK, that the standards and practices are completely different. Uh, You know, foul language, nudity, you know, whatever the case is in those shows, whereas in the American version of Big Brother, all all of that stuff is obviously um, edited out uh, for the audience. But in the US, if they wanted to have language and they wanted to have nudity or whatever it would just air on a different well this was my question because i don't know how the tv channels work over there i think big brother's on like channel five and i and i guess there's Uh, yes bbc there used to be go ahead well it used to be on channel four now it's on channel five i'm not too sure if that that's so tell us about how that like tell us your understanding of how that works and it's basically um the later it gets the the uh the the rules are gone basically um they are still pretty um frustrated things do still get edited down which bugs me as even after even post watershed time you know nine o'clock um you know i'm pretty certain i've noticed the odd edit in jurassic park which always bugs me um do you watch star trek the next generation or have you or you watched it yes Mm -hmm. um the the episode tapestry um they always cut the moment when young picard gets stabbed um, and then he proceeds to laugh at it and then dies, which means that when he laughs later in the episode, there's no context for it. Oh, they, that's interesting. It, bug, it drives me nuts when they when they actually cut something down where it affects the fictional element of it, not just, you know, the, the, the imagery. I was going to say, but, I was um, going to let you know that The Next Generation actually aired here a while back. So, yeah, it's... Yeah. it's oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know, just... Next Generation was on BBC One uh, when it was... I'm pretty certain it was around the similar time it was being aired in America. Yeah. Because um, I remember it being aired on BBC. I remember when everything was aired on BBC One. There was literally a point when um, I, or granted, it must have felt like it, because for about 10 years, I was only used to five channels. Um, you know, we only had one, two, three, four, and five. So BBC and then, One, BBC Two. BBC One, BBC Two, uh, ITV, um, Channel Four. <laughs> and Channel Five, they're okay. very inventive with their uh, with their names. Over <laughs> well, there. ITV, um, you know, that's different. Yeah, ITV, that's something. Um, and then uh, at some point, my parents got a got cable, and I suddenly got introduced to a world of other of other television. So, are the rules I, uh, the same one through five, or are the rules they they're basic? Uh, there are some. I, I would have said for most channels, it's the same rules. Basically, um, you can't don't really do stuff um, before nine o'clock. <laughs> Before, well, it's interesting because with Big Brother and stuff like that, they will still probably have the swear words, but they'll just beat them heavily and they'll block out their mouths so you won't be able to see or mm-hmm. hear. It's just up to the imagination. Um, they're usually okay with that. Um, 
I'm not too sure. I, I'm pretty certain I've even seen it done in the morning, like at six in the hmm. morning. Interesting. Um, uh, but, one, you know, past nine o'clock, most of the adult stuff comes from comedians using um, foul language and, and all that kind of stuff because you... I still notice that stuff gets cut down even after nine o'clock, and I I do find that bizarre. Yeah, uh, let's talk briefly about movies before we finish up. Um, what like what are some of the movie franchises that are your favorites that are English specifically? Like I think of James Bond as an obvious one, but what are some we may not James think Bond of? James Bond is an obvious one. Um, oh, blimey, movie fran- British movie franchise or movies in particular that you're just like as as somebody who's from the UK, you go, yeah, that came from us, sure. and, and you know we're proud <laughs> of that. Well, I'm very proud of Skyfall. I know that's a James Bond movie, but I'm mm-hmm. very proud of Skyfall. Um, I uh, have you seen the movie Snatch? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, love Snatch. Um, great film. Um, very funny, and uh, that's kind of someone once described it to me as a British pulp fiction. Which I found interesting. Um, it's kind of uh, got similar. Forgive me if I'm wrong on this. It feels like it has a very British sensibility. Is is the Wallace and Gromit stuff? Uh, yes, all of what. Yeah, all of all Nick of Wallace Parks. and Gromit is British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's interesting about uh, you know the fir- very first Wallace and Gromit is that it was a uh, Nick Park. Uh, it was his graduation vid- uh, film. You know that he was doing. It was his graduation project, which then got turned. Uh, I think he he did about a quarter of it and then it turned into Ardman Productions and they finally got funding and then that that grew into um Wallace and Gromit which is as little projects as they have put out over the past mm-hmm. 30 years or so I, I I'm not exactly sure how long they've been going I, I I think they started in the 80s um you know it's as as little projects as they put out they've had an enormous impact here like every there's not one person that won't know Wallace and Gromit over here in England Chicken Run was so good Chicken such Run, a, love Chicken great, Run. Yeah, such a great movie. Uh, the only other yeah, ones I can and think Shaun of, Shaun the Sheep was very good as well. Yeah, and the only other ones that I would think of are like the Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Edgar uh, Wright. Yeah, yeah Edgar he's Wright a, stuff. he's basically a he's a national treasure. We <laughs> I love him over here. I'm very glad that he's one of us. It's a shame he didn't get to uh, sprinkle his magic on Ant Man, but Ant Man. Uh, his magic was, was there. His he, you could his tell. His magic was there. there you was could tell touch. his fingerprints yeah. there here and there in that movie. It was unfortunate that he yeah. they wouldn't let him see it through. But yeah, I do I do think that um, British filmmakers might perhaps. I'm not sure if it's because I live in England, so I see it more. Um, but it does feel as if British uh, filmmakers um, have perhaps a, a better, a wittier sense of humor in terms of comedy. Because there are many uh, American comedies that I've gone to see, which kind of all feel like um, a I disappointing the meal. Name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember the the. Uh, uh, I can't remember the filmmaker's name, but it's basically movies like Train Wreck, Train Wreck, where mm-hmm. they're still, you know, they're 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 funny and you know there's some heart to it, but they're it feels all a bit generic and mm-hmm. yeah, like it's uh, actors doing improv. Right. And uh, there's the in terms of execution, Edgar Wright just does so many creative things with how he lets the audience into his world, and it makes it hilarious. Um, and I just think. Maybe <laughs> the American filmmakers could learn a thing or two, but maybe, you know, when I was saying maybe it's because I'm surrounded by British, maybe I, maybe there's a bunch of, you know, indie films that I haven't got around to yet that it, that are really, you know, great in terms of American comedy. So who knows? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there are. What about uh, Rowan Atkinson? Is he a, a national treasure, Mr. Bean? 
Uh, people like him, but I don't. <laughs> In terms of Mr. Bean, I never found Mr. Bean funny. Does everybody um, love Monty Python? Uh, yeah, Re- generally most people like Monty Python. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I just discovered but, uh, them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're quite fun. I mean, John Cleese and all that lot, everyone loves them. Cool. All right, we will finish up with our buried treasure. This is the one piece of pop culture that we want to make sure people know about uh, from each of us. And Danae, you get to start us off. What's your buried treasure? Well, as you know, I do love to review apps every week. Aaron hates it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Hey, I don't hate it at all. Hey, I hey. love it. It became very clear before the show. <laughs> it's very frustrating no, for no. you. I'll, I'll, the only part that was frustrating <laughs> is that you've actually been watching a TV show that I think would be interesting for you to talk about. But eh. you, but if you want to talk about an app again, go Apps. for it. All right. Apps are the way go to go. It. All right. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> one called The Room last week. And thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Uh, several listeners have all downloaded the app and played the game there's three of them out the room one two and three and i played my way through all of them i just started room three it is gorgeous i must they get progressively better the game continues to get better you can tell that the people who are developing it uh they love what they do they're doing a good job the first one is a puzzle game you know where you you're just basically sitting in front of a table and you've got these really intricate puzzle boxes to figure out at 99 cents, totally worth it. And then we go up to like $1.99 for room two. And this is when they begin to kind of move you around in a space. So you're like in a room and there's several places you can turn and zoom in and look. And you're figuring out a you know puzzle while you're there um, of various ways. And the room three takes it to the next level. You've got entire things that you're... It's puzzles within puzzles within puzzles. So if you've liked the room one and two, the room three, which is getting a lot of really incredible reviews is expensive it's like 4.99 i think so it's like five bucks i've played them all um because i have the google opinion rewards it doesn't cost me anything because i've answered you know google's questions to have free game money but uh anyhow that was another thing i wanted to bring attention to is i've now completed all three of them nicely done and i would definitely recommend (laughs) them they're really fun yeah, very cool. I'm amazed like, that Tommy Wiseau decided to make uh, some more sequels. That's that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it's, it's interesting too. Before I move on, it's like this game has the right amount of like obviously puzzle, like you're you're solving puzzles and creep factor. You know, it's like there's just enough of like this sort of creepy element going on. Yeah, like something is not quite right. You know, that keeps you addicted to this game because you want to solve the puzzle, obviously. Yeah, there's a story element to it that actually kind of works. And it's not too much creep. It's not too much story. And it's the perfect amount of puzzle. So any, anyway, I, I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm sad that I'm well. not going to be able to talk about it anymore because we will in our chat. It's actually come up in the band chat many times. Um, people talking about uh, the room. Mm-hmm. So Good anyhow, I hope you guys enjoy it. My buried treasure uh, this week is, the, uh, this is a late-to-the-party buried treasure, but I've been enjoying catching uh, a lot of episodes of Adventure Time uh, for the new season, and uh, I, my kids have watched Adventure Time, and I've kind of pieced in a little bit. The, the TV show is much deeper than I gave it credit for. There's some really interesting metaphorical things happening, happening in this show that I didn't give it credit for until I watched it a little bit deeper. It comes to my attention because there's an Adventure Time cameo in Deadpool uh, that I <laughs> that I thought was was clever, and so I thought I'd bring that up. But yeah, definitely one that that uh, I love Adventure if, Time. If it's passed you by, it might be might be fun to dig into. Yeah, 
I would agree with that. It is a worthwhile watch. And you can stream, like, I think all the seasons on Hulu. Uh, yeah, all uh, except, except the, the current newest, season. All yeah. except the current season are available uh, online. What about you, Sam? What's your buried treasure? Um, I have been... Uh, I'm half an hour away from finishing it, but I've been catching Making a Murderer on Netflix, um, which I sort of watched... I knew it was 10 episodes, so I thought, I'll watch episode one. I, as far as I knew, it was, oh, it's that new uh, it's that new Netflix show. Yeah, let's give it a watch. And uh, now I'm completely wrapped up in it. Uh, what's amazing to me is that I've, I've, ha- I've heard nothing about this until I watched this show. Hmm. Heard nothing about Stephen Avery. Heard nothing. Obviously, coverage is going to be different in mm-hmm. um, in the UK. But oh, I'm no, nobody here. this... Nobody here had really heard about it, uh, at least currently. Oh, really? When it was when it was happening, I think people were aware of it because it was in the news a lot. But I think people's sure. memories yeah. are so short. I don't think many people remember when it actually happened. Yeah, but um, I've just been completely involved in it. Um, you know, I, I'm. I, I'd like to save myself from. Uh, uh, I know it wants me to uh, to think. Uh, certain things and I know it wants me to ask certain questions and I try and be objective about it about what I'm watching but it is so difficult to not start pretending you're a lawyer watching this <laughs> and go and, and and be like well no that's impossible because this has to happen and and uh, you know it, it, in terms of you know it might be a, a bizarre experience but I'm completely involved in it and uh, yeah should be interesting to watch the final half hour uh, yeah, it's it's interesting all the way through. Um, I will say it's also been very interesting to watch it back to back with the new O.J. Simpson uh, drama that's on TV uh, oh, with, yes. with Travolta and Cuba Gooding Jr. Because they both have a lot of the same themes, but on different sides. So like you look at Steve Avery and what, you know, they've portrayed him as going through with, you know, a case that in many ways should have been thrown out because of all these different things. And then you look at O.J., with a case that looked, you know, lock solid and just how yeah. the different sides of, you know, the the law process, um, you know, that you can you can fail on both sides in many ways. Oh, so it's it's just it's really interesting just to think about how we declare each other guilty of something. What does it take to prove that? You know, so yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, that's a great one. Very, very good. Well, that brings us to the end. Sif pop finishing up. Uh, Sam was great to have you. Absolutely enjoyed oh, the conversation. On, Hashtag Sam fan. Hashtag Sam fan. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in in the chat as well. To those who tuned in live, um, there were sp- some special features that if you're listening on podcast, you didn't get to hear. No. You you missed some real You'll fun. You'll never know what happened. You'll never know. Also, we've started to do a pre-show uh, for just those who listen live. So it's like a unless you're in the moment, you never you, you never get to participate. Thanks so much for joining us. Sif Pop, part of the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. Find out more about Aaron and Tanae at AaronandTanae.com. Huge thanks to today's guru, Sam Gavin. Thank you very much for having me on. Sam, where can people find you? Plug away. In uh, Farnham, can... Surrey. <laughs> <laughs> That's where. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on uh, YouTube, Sam's channel. My actual username is is something really. It's like Samuel two four eight four five seven. So that's boring. So just <laughs> just type in Sam's channel. You'll find me no problem. Hopefully, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Samuel Gavin. You can follow me on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com uh, slash uh, Sam's channel YouTube. 
And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. No problem, man. We really loved it. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. You support starts at a dollar a month and comes with some fun perks. Find out more info at Patreon.com/slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, let us know. All feedback is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Peace. See you guys next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.